Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. In this episode, we revisit our Composer Focus series of November 2018, we're joined by Artistic Director of the Energising Australian Chamber Orchestra, Richard Tonietti, to explore the comprehensive musical output of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Hello and welcome to this Barbican podcast with me, Edward Seckerson. My guest today is Richard Tonietti, violinist, composer and director of the Australian Chamber Orchestra. Our subject, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Richard, this bewildering talent, Mozart, I mean, flabbergasting canon of works, um, it, it kind of compels us to look again at the very nature of genius and what that means, because you talk about this quality, but it, it's very easy to recognise, but it's very hard to define, and people have tried and tried and tried to put their finger on what it is, and when you look at individual works in Mozart's output, you think... Actually, you know, one note, one place, placement in, in the wrong direction, mm. and it, it wouldn't work. They are precisely the right notes for mm. the job. And um, as a violinist and a, a composer, um, how do we attempt to define what it is that, that makes him so, sets him apart from everybody Well, else? if I could do that, I could maybe bottle it and sell it. I wish you, but, um, I wish you could. Look, it is an economy of means. Uh, often in his earlier um, operatic style, there's, there's certainly in the violin concertos, it's just so efficient um, as to, you know, when you think of the um, criticisms that he attracted, saying, you know, too many notes. Mm. I mean, and that has to be context contextualised, of course. But um, it's such an economy of means. I mean, often, you know, a viola line, um, say, look at the 29th symphony, the A major symphony, and often the viola line, you know, just one note. <laughs> but you know what? Often it's the best part. Of course. And 
and God knows how he do, does it. Of course, you know. absolutely, it's it's incredible. Um, uh, the other thing is that it's it's such a he wrote in every conceivable genre. I mean, there are more than six hundred works that we know of, um, and in pretty much all of those genres, he advanced not only the technical sophistication of of of, the, of that music, but also the emotional reach of it. I mean, um, and here was this small, pale, um, you know, practical joker with a, um, his penchant for toilet humour. Um, hard to reconcile that with the composer of the C minor mass or Cosi Van Tutte or uh, other that. But, but the fact that he took every genre and took it to a new place, that's, that's I, I suppose, what singles him out. Well, it often stumps us, you know, trying to reconcile the corporal, the, the body, to the um, to the spiritual. And when you consider the character, especially, how, how can we not but uh, refer to the film, the terrific film, whether it's mm, correct or not, it's a terrific film. Um, what happened to the lead actor, by the way? You never hear about him, Tom, Tom Hulse, Hulse. But I think but, he's still working. Yeah. So, um, but it was a good film. Now, whether it was, you know, correct, but it was based on the spirit of... Um, one could identify with the spirit of it. And it probably, you know, there's... Um, um, it probably captured something about Mozart's spirit. Right? It certainly did. Um, the other thing was that the Peter Schaffer play from yeah. which it was yeah. adapted um, um, primarily addressed this, this mystery of genius and uh, taking one comparatively workaday composer, recognising something in another. There's that wonderful passage at the slow movement from the Grand Partita, Wind Serenade, where Salieri hears it yeah, off stage yeah, it, it and he just... starts describing what happens in the music with complete bewilderment uh, because he could never have, have imagined that sound. Exactly. the sounds that Mozart put down from out of his head directly onto the score and I, 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 this was first brought to my attention when I was uh, pretty young and working with Franz Bruggen you know and he was talking about how the score looked and then when he would stop and then when he would come back as though you know he hadn't been distracted by anything it was just he was I mean pen to paper it was he was copying out what he had in his mind. Really? And you, you, I, I do believe that, you know, that it is quite different to Beethoven, who was reworking. But mind you, I think Bach had that, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Otherwise he couldn't he have got through all of that. I mean, mm -hmm. talking about prodigious talent. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about, you know, a, a prodigious talent that occurred at a very, very young age. But, you know, it, it, but if, if you do look at those young works on their own, as co compositional um, structures, you know there are people, other people. As they say, if Mendelssohn and, and Mozart had died at what is it, seventeen, so of, uh, just after the octet, that actually Mendelssohn 
would have been you know, regarded as the greatest child, greater child prodigy. And I, I kind of understand where um, that an, um, analysis comes from. But yes, what you say, Ed, as as he develops and evolves the style, I mean, there's this notion that, oh, you know, that Haydn was the great inventor and Mozart mm. just was, you know, evolved the styles to an extent. But when you look at what he invents within those styles, mm. yes, I think you can say he's an inventor, especially when you look at the harmonic sophistication that, um, that you find in the G minor um, Symphony, the, the the other one, the big one, um, the fortieth in the last movement, and and, and uh, you know the 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 second half. What we have is is um, an almost Schoenbergian tone row that he he develops with that thing, and every note from the 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 row, the the tone row is there, but one. And the only one that is missing is the root, which is a G. I mean, that is so um, beyond anything that was going on at the time. We don't know why he composed those last symphonies. Maybe we'll get into to that mm-hmm. later. But, yeah, compositionally, it's, it's so advanced, um, but so... Um, Within the paradigm or the the restrictions of the classical language, mm. and therein lies a frustration for me. But therein also lies the, the the concept of genius, because it was his instinctive will to do what he did mm. there, and to leave out that mm. root note. Mm. singled out the G minor symphony I mean the Jupiter in a way takes again the contrapuntal brilliance of the Baroque oh, um, yeah. but it elevates it to yeah. great heights yeah. I mean the finale of the Jupiter I think is one of the single... greatest symphonic work yeah. ever, ever. Yeah. Uh, and to combine all those different elements all those different fragments um, some of them fully fleshed out melodies other um, motives, of, of course, the you know the the main, bom, 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 you know, which which was um, used from ancient music, you know, and but to use those as as those notes as as building blocks, and then to develop it in this way that creates a sense of um, ecstasy. Mm. It's just Absolutely. simply That's the ecstasy. Word. That's and, the word. And it's also really long, but, you know, it, you, you could have more of it. With you? all the repeats. And you do then, all the repeats well, when you... It depends. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I'm in two minds about it because, um, especially if you're working with, um, so-called, it's a dreadful term, but period winds, or winds that are copies from the time, yeah. they do tax the players quite a bit more. So that second repeat... Yes, it makes it colossal, and he put it in, so why should we not do it? Um, it makes it really, you know, because you go 39, 40, and then 41, 
I mean, it's more exhausting than you can imagine. But yes, I want to do that second repeat. But the, but the thing is that after throwing all those things and, and all these, these extraordinary fugal structures and then the last, the final fugue, you know, started off, you know, starts off the violas and then he separates out the, the double basses, which is, you know, a quiet and extraordinary thing to do. And then the coming together at the end. Mm. That for me is one of the great bits of um, one of the greatest achievements of human piano. Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You, you've kind of answered my, my question as to, to which works you would single out, which best display this... Um, out there genius and, and you've you've picked upon those two but I'll, I'll, show, I'll, I'll also seeing as we are already mm. this how can we help ourselves it um, already in the in the last three symphonies if you look at the structure because you think of you know um, you know classical symmetry and although Hog, Hogwood um, pointed out to me that often with um, Haydn you find five bar phrases mm. because it um is a reflection of, of architecture. In architecture, you get you know two windows on either side of, of one, which is which is five, and it makes a lot of sense. But of course, in music, five bar phrase or seven bar phrase, it feels lopsided and harder to process. Now, Mozart isn't creating five bar, you know, sort of um, the quirky quotient isn't high like in Haydn or Carl Philipp Emanuel Bach. But what's bizarre, and I think I have used that word. Um, specifically in the 40th symphony 
Is it an eight bar phrase or a nine bar phrase or is it a one bar of da 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 and then you get the eight bar phrase and the whole thing is playing with um, metric displacement, the whole movement. Yet, as a listener, you don't think, you're not, tr you're not overtly troubled by it. And I realise that you're it's that... subliminally exactly. troubled by it. And I realise that is what creates this extraordinary tension mm. in that um, 40th Symphony first movement, that it, it's, it's an overlapping of bars, or if you look at them directly, they're, they're, they're nine-bar phrases mm. that, that keep on happening. Six-bar phrases, yeah, and five-bar phrases. Yeah. And I, I, I realise that that, or at least I believe, that that creates this internal... Here's a question for you, Richard. Um, you know, he is immensely popular. <clears throat> and joking aside about ringtones and lift music, yeah, yeah. and um, uh, his, his music is heard all over the world and it's relished by people. Mm. Um, so what makes it so popular? Is, is it that there is a fundamental uh, directness about it? I think it's his... Um, uh, <clears throat> I think it's the opera... Uh, right. The operatic language that he brings into so much of, 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 of his um, symphonic and certainly yeah. concerto writing. Yeah. I mean, I hold that after the success of Mitridate and other, you know, l lesser known um, early operas, that he'd really sharpened his quill in opera and had enjoyed the socialising so much in Milano, um, because they, they presented um, the same opera maybe 12 times. I'm, I'm kind of picking a, a number out of the air, but I vaguely remember that. And, and I, somebody had told me who'd researched the context of these operas, because I think they should be researched, because the context is extraordinary. So, um, you know, with Venice being that great, extraordinary port, Lots of things were coming in, including apparently certain types of drugs. Now, the, apparently the the you know the the dandies from all over Europe attended these operatic functions, and as we know, the the seats looked into the hall, so they weren't facing the stage. People talked, as we know, you know, as. I'll use the expression again. As we know, <laughs> Wagner, you know, put the, a stop to all of that and closed the doors. Mm. People walked in and out. Once again, latrines out there. The smell would have been crazy. The clothes would have been crazy. They talked all the way through it. One reason why there was a, you know, why there are so many da capo arias, which is riddled through Mitridate. So, because people talk the first time and then, oh, actually, that wasn't too bad, let's have a listen, who knows. But, so he imbibed this spirit, you know, he wandered around mm. in the hall, mm. greeting people and talking during the opera, during his opera. He wasn't there saying, oh, be quiet. But that's why they have such social realism. Exactly, and then he goes down, you know, and, he, and, he, and he's talking, you know, probably... Um, I don't know, in the pit, and then he played one night, didn't another night, you know, and then once he realised it was a success, probably preening around the place, because he was very proud, and rightly so, of course, and so he imbibed all his spirit, and then he goes and writes things like, you know, the Five Violin Concerti, which he wrote, you know, in, in, a, in a flash, not that long afterwards, <coughs> and so I've got this sensation that he's brought yes. all this 
grand socialising. Yes, no, I think it's know, a... to bear, and 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 then he brings it into the opera, and of course, famously, he brought in that little wonderful quote from you know a little known opera aria that he brings into. Um, his 41st symphony, yes. which is one of the most extraordinary things. Yeah. And so I reckon it's because of the operas. favorite opera and I I, it, I mean I rarely attend it because I love it so much because I don't want this memory to be ruined and it was the memory of when I was about 11 my father took me to see the Ingmar Bergman or Ingmar Bergman um, film of Magic Flute and for me that made, made set the seal on, mm. on my love for, the, for this work that and was a musical, really, yeah, wasn't it? Was it? It, was, it was, and a, his a collaboration with that madman, you know, who owned his theatre out there, Chicanada, Chicanada, you know, and I mean, madman, as in, it was pretty mm. strong stuff, wasn't it, to be an entrepreneur like that? Put on that, as you say, that musical, and I saw a measurement for the um, the, the space it was in. Have you ever seen that? It's not much bigger now. We're in a room maybe 10 by 15. It was a tiny little space. Yeah. Tiny little space. That's unless amazing. someone was play, playing with That's me. Amazing. But and but the super realism. And it, it, somebody's made the point that to understand Mozart, you've got to understand Rembrandt and Bruegel, who you know brought super realism to bear in art. It, it wasn't... Um, you know, that they weren't portraying something over there and you had to go over there. No, they were bringing it to you. And that's what Mozart does with his operas, doesn't he? And to say nothing of the, mm. the um, extraordinary roles of the females that he brings. So, so, yeah, is he yeah. bringing it all into his instrumental music? Yeah. Yes, and I think if, if you were to take the opera out of the empirical, you know, Evidence that suggests that Mozart's the most popular composer, probably he wouldn't be. But with the operas that Beethoven didn't have, and of course Bach didn't have, except, mind you, know, there's that um, wonderful book, An Evening at the Palace of Reason by James Gaines, one of my favourite books on, on Bach, and or certain things that you know, happened um, with the musical offering. Um, um, apparently, the only audience reaction that we're left with is a, an old lady complaining after Matthew Passion saying, what is this, a comic opera? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but it's the opera, I but, reckon. But the other thing is, of course, the classicism versus the romanticism. And, you know, Mozart, yes, a classical work, but also a very I, romantic composer, very dramatic yeah. composer. And, and he is bringing the personal, is it? He, those last three symphonies, he must be bringing... Oh, it, undoubtedly. It's, undoubtedly. And it's not just... It's not... Um, it's not... You know, just for, for the listener, we don't know why he wrote those last three symphonies. There are plenty of theories, but they should be offered humbly because we simply don't know. But one clue to suggest that 
they they must have been written for an occasion is because well, there are two there there's a, some kind of a, a, a letter talking about a symphony that was performed and written especially around that time 1788 um, but one thing one really strong indication that they were written to be played or were played at the time is why would he rewrite the 40th symphony to have clarinets hmm. so but, but a lot of people believe you know that they were written um, just because he wanted to write them but but he didn't write anything else like that did he so one one final thought richard from a player's point of view um because anybody you ask about performing mozart whether it's pianist yeah. violinist conductor they all say the same thing. They all say how easy it is to violate the perfect equilibrium mm. of this music and how finding that golden mean is the real challenge of performing it. What do you think about I, that? I, look, I do agree. I, I used to hope that that was a cliché when I was a student. <laughs> but you, you can't argue Structured, but it doesn't mean that Bach isn't perfectly structured. But I do believe that that Bach wasn't necessarily thinking in textures in the same way that a symphonist yeah. such yeah. as Mozart was. Yeah, like the, those clarinets really did mean something. It's black magic. It is black magic. I like that. I don't mind that at all. <laughs> Thank you to Richard Tognetti and Edward Seckerson. Next time, Zachary Oromo, chief conductor of the BBC Symphony Orchestra, joins us to talk about Finnish composer Jean Sibelius. I would compare Sibelius's relationship with Finland and Finnish culture about to Janáček's relationship to his own Czech culture. So, so they both drew inspiration from the folk art of their respective nations. The music they wrote was influenced by the language. Until then, thanks for listening to Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast designed to inspire and help more people discover and love the arts. Subscribe to Nothing Concrete on Spotify, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And, if possible, leave us a review so we can help more people discover and explore the wonder that is the arts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.